episode 33 of fish across the pond a uk miami marlins podcast i am your host rob newell and now despite it being off season and our regular panel being wrapped up in the exciting nfl and nba seasons we are still on the pulse of the marlins so without further ado first up still taking batting practice every day hoping for a call up to the batavia muck dogs it's lee dobbs how are we lee yeah, I'm good, yep. Yeah. Good to be here. That's good, Lee. Um, uh, next up, the voice of Heating Up the UK, our very own merch expert, uh, getting ready for an early season spending spree, including one of those fetching blue bomber jackets. It's Dan Healy. How are you, Dan? I'm very well, thank you, Rob. Yes, bit tired, bit tired from uh, the late nights, including another one tonight coming up against the Knicks for the <laughs> Miami Heat. But um, focus all on the Marlins tonight. Yeah, it's a, it's a great season so far for the Heat. Uh, unexpected, but 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 fantastic. Um, and it's really good to see you covering it as well. It's uh, well worth a listen uh, to any of our listeners up there uh, to uh, subscribe to Heating Up the UK. Um, so now we are a man down. Unfortunately, Pete Pratt is absent this week. Uh, our normal host um he's been a bit quiet of late now we thought he had secretly flown out to the winter meetings in san diego to part party with craig mish but <laughs> now a little bit of a rumor here with eric O's departing as the play-by-play announcer of the clinton lumber kings <laughs> to take it strangely to take a job with uh, bernie sanders the rumor is that pete might actually be out in clinton well <laughs> <laughs> lumber up Pete but um, we'll, uh, <laughs> we'll see if that is is true or whether that's uh, just a figment of my imagination um, anyway so uh, yeah we, we miss you this week Pete but uh, don't worry he will be back next time so now it's been a few weeks since we've had a podcast and um, there has been quite a few changes now when we recorded the last podcast that was just before the big news, which was the release of Wei Yin Chen. And this was uh, part of the whole uh, sort of uh, alteration of the, the roster in regards to freeing up 40-man space in view of the Rule 5 draft. So um, the, what eventually happened was uh, Sixto Sanchez, Edward Cabrera, Nick Nider, Humberto Mejia and, and Jazz Chisholm, oh, and Luis Diaz as well, um, ended up being on the 40-man roster and um, and that was really the end of Chen and uh, sort of eating his salary. And I, I don't think it's very likely that he will be uh, back in Major League Baseball again. But the, the key thing there was uh, is moving on from the past and um, with those great names uh, and great potential we've got with some of those players now in our 40-man for the future uh, who will be working their way up. Uh, through Wichita and then into the Marlins. However, um, there has been some a few other moves. There's been a lot of rumours um, were flying about about how Miami would approach this season in regards to their signings. 
lost Stalin Castro, for instance, you know, a, a big man there. Were they going to just um, bring the younger players up and, and sort of take another 100 lost seasons? But then we saw a couple of big trades. First off, Jonathan Villar and then Jesus Aguiar. So where we were talking in the last podcast about, you know, the infield could be a little bit weak and not having the strength and depth, Suddenly, bang, bang, two things solved almost instantly. You've got uh, first base, second base cover there. And uh, adding that to Brian Anderson, to Miggy Rojas, um, to Garrett Cooper, um, suddenly that infield was looking really, really strong. What we've been looking for next is what's happened in the outfield, and that has been a little bit more quiet, more rumours. But if we just focus on Jonathan Villar and Jesus Aguiar, Lee, what do you think about those signings? Yeah, I, I think they were they were they were both both good signings. You know, for the Marlins, they they filled needs. You know, especially at first base, where we you know where like we needed someone. Because Cooper, all that is you know good. You can't always rely on him to play. You know, because he, he, he's injured a lot. Both of them, you know, can hit for for power. I mean, I, I think VR had his career year last year with was it twenty four home runs or something like like that. So, so that so that so that so that that's good. He's he's a switch hitter as well. Yeah, we 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 yeah we we which is useful. But also more importantly, he's also a stolen base player as well, which is something that we've that that we've been been lacking, you know, for for, for recent seasons. So yeah, yeah, they 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 were they were they were both top top signings for me, and we didn't really really give up much, you know, you know, you know to get them either. So you know, it's win win really. Yeah, I agree with that, and especially with um, you, you say about stolen bases, we were, I think, either the worst or second worst yeah, yeah. in the whole of MLB. And if it, I think it, um, you know, if it wasn't for John Bertie, yeah, uh, we yeah, hardly yeah. have any. Um, so you know that that is a is a real real key thing, and the the fact he's got some power. The the other news they had is obviously they're bringing in the walls a little bit as well. Yeah. So there'd be a few instances of last year where home runs were caught on the outfield or or didn't quite make it. Um, and you've got someone with power like that, um, it, that's, you know, really useful. Being a switch hitter is a really good point as well because we, we we struggle with lefty bats, mm-hmm. especially since Dietrich has, has left. Um, and, uh, yeah, he's, he's a real um, sort of, you know, he's a really exciting guy. And it was really strange to see him actually... Um, sort of leave the Orioles and um, they they were kind of talking about that he was a little bit of a salary dump because all we lost was uh, was Easton Lucas who was playing mainly for Batavia last year so it was um, you know and and I know a lot of the Orioles fans are a little bit disappointed because of his power and there were times where you know he was one of the only people producing for them last year. So um, to pick up someone like him quite cheaply shows uh, uh, some real good business being done by um, Jeter and and his crew. Um, just just to just a further point on on sort of VR and Aguiar's trades because um, Guerrero and Riddle were released as well. And um, what what's your opinion on on those uh, now leaving the Marlins? Yeah, I'd say I think with Guerrero, I mean, he was good at, in in patches, but you just couldn't. You know, he was just too, you know, you know, you know, like, you know unreliable really, because he was, you know, he was, he was a bit a bit wild at times. And Riddle, 
I mean, he had a few chances, but say say maybe a new home home for him. But if, you know, you know, you may do do him good. But yeah, I think I say we saw last year he started out, you know, you know, like in the job, but but quickly lost it and then was hurt hurt again, and then they never really found it. You know, where you know, you know, when when he did he did come back. So yeah, I mean it's sad it's sad to see them go, but but you know the other time was right. I think. Yeah, I, I agree with that. I think that's that's the, the perfect sort of way to say it, say it that the timing was right with that. I think, um, especially with JT Riddle, I, I, I really liked him. I've always always been quite a big fan of his. Mm-hmm. Um, but he, he disappointed last season. Um, and, uh, yeah, he, he, he underperformed. I think, as you just said, that, yeah, the time definitely right for him uh, and Guerrero. I think Guerrero didn't really take much of his chance either. So, yeah, it's not... I, I like both them players, but um, I think that you, you can't look at those trades uh, with VR and Aguero. Aguilar. <laughs> I think that you, you can't look at either of those two and think that that's not been an upgrade. Um, exactly what we need, really, as you've just both said, you know, it's added some power. We was last, I think, in home runs last year. Um, I think second last in stolen bases or it might be vice versa. But um, And the fact is, you, you've just said there as well, Rob, with the, um, the, they're bringing the walls in a bit. So I think that... Um, that's that's a good start, an exciting start, and um, maybe should see some more bums on on uh, on some seats this year with those two acquisitions. We can hope. We hope. Yeah, and I, I think they're really good points, especially on Guerrero, who's um, you know I've, I've made it clear on this podcast before. I don't, I'm not a big fan of flamethrowers because mm-hmm. I, I think a sort of uh, we've had that incidents with with Brian Ellington, who was just fast but wild. And I really like Guerrero. And as times when you, he would come in, you think, you know, he's going to strike the three batters out. It's going to be a brilliant lights out inning. But there was times where it just the control wasn't there and those walks. And it's been quite interesting to see that the relief pitches that have been released or um, have ended up leaving sort of over the last few months have been the ones who've ended up um, with a lot of walks. And it's yeah. quite clear that they just want control in that bullpen, which is a massive thing. Um, just to, to follow up a little bit on uh, Jesus Aguiar, because he, he he's a, a, a been a slight up and down player, uh, and but the, he had an amazing All Star season for the the Brewers, where he hit 35 home runs, 108 RBI um, in 2018, and then um, sort of had a split season last year where he ended up at the Rays, but wasn't as as productive. Um, but he has been a player who's been quite up and down, and it'll be interesting to see how he fits in. I'm kind of hoping that he has a really good productive. Um, yeah, because one thing that um, Don Mattingly revealed is that Garrett Cooper will um, not be a regular um, everyday player because of the injury issues. So it looks like they're going to try and platoon first base a bit. Um, and um, so it just seems like a natural fit that we we have someone with power to be replaced by someone else with power. Um the JT Riddle situation is quite an interesting one on the basis that's really one of the reasons why Riddle really lost out was because how well John Bertie had done. And we still got John Bertie there covering for anything that kind of goes wrong. If, if Mickey Rowe got injured, then you've got some shortstop cover. If 
VR got injured, which is still a bit of an issue because, you know, we, we've got Diaz and VR as, as the two second basemen, but it's not a massively covered area. And there's been talk about VR actually going to third base and Brian Anderson going back out to right field. Um, you've still got Bertie being able to cover infield and outfield and with his stolen bases and, and good bat as well. Um, that is quite promising. Um, however, we're just there with the two big trades. And then the concerns have, have kind of been what actually happens then in the rest of the league. And it's been quite interesting because we can get really excited about um, VR and Aguiar. Um, but it depends you know, we're still going to be a hundred loss team potentially if all other four teams really strengthen. And it's been interesting because the Mets really haven't done much. Uh, Michael Walker and, and Rick Porcello, I, I can't see that whether that's going to make them massively better. Um, now we got the flip side, the Phillies have really gone for it again with Didi Gregorius and Zach Wheeler, who we talked about in this last podcast where they've really gone for areas where they, they had weaknesses last year. You know, they've got rid of Mikel Franco who's a bit of a liability at times. So the, the, it looks like the Phillies are really upping their game. Nationals have signed Strasbourg to a, a ridiculous contract. Jan Gomes has joined. Um, however, they've lost Rendon who I thought was their talisman. I thought he was just, you know, just the, the 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 best player in MLB last year. I really thought he was amazing. Um, and you've got the Braves, who are sort of flirting a little bit. We're getting Ryu in from the Dodgers. They've got Cole Hamels in there, Travis Darno, who, you know, that is really strengthening up. I, I'm at the moment struggling to see anybody else winning this division but the Braves. So... With that in mind, do you think with the those, especially with those big acquisitions, we'll talk about the smaller acquisitions we've, we've got in since. Do you think we're heading to, into another season where we are, you know, a hundred loss season? Or do you think we've actually caught up a bit? We'll start with you, Lee. Uh, yeah, I, I'd say we've caught up, especially with the Mets. They're saying because they've also not, not, really, not really added much, but they've also lost we, you know, you know, a wheeler as well. So I think we can definitely catch them. I mean, even without the moves, you know, I think with our younger players coming in, say July time, you know, we we had a chance anyway to to, to maybe only lose about ninety games, in the, you know, instead. So yeah, I, I think we're close. I think now the aim probably for now is probably 70, 75 wins somewhere around there. You know, you know, is a good total total to aim for. I, I think. And that I think that might 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 be enough to beat the Mets. Obviously, we'll see how see how they go. You know now. Yeah. Uh, what what do you think, Dan? Yeah, I agree. I don't I don't think we're going to be a hundred um, loss uh, team this year. Um, we have improved um, just with those acquisitions alone. But then Lee just uh, summed it up again. Well, there with, with the young players as well. Another year of progression. Um, I think that uh, I think that we. The gap will be. I still expect us to finish fifth, um, but I think it will be um, it will be a lot tighter um, than what maybe a lot of the league might give it credit for. I think it will be uh, a lot a lot closer to the Mets and, and a much improved record to what it was last year. And again, I think that that that's all really we should be expecting. I think that it, it, if we just if we take if we sit here at the end of September saying, okay, um, another year under the belt for a lot of players, maybe another one or two. Um, out of nowhere. I mean, we had one or two this year with Yamamoto and um, 
uh, people like that. So, you know, if we have a, uh, another season like that with an, a bit more progression, another under the belt, and then, as I say, with, with the two players that we've just got in, um, I think that really helps us as well. So I think, yeah, that's, that's it. Just another year off the process under the belt, and then we'll be ready to go next year, hopefully, a bit more competitive. Uh, I, I think I agree with that. I think I, I, at one point I was a little bit concerned. I thought, oh, are we running away with ourselves? But it's very, very clear that the Marlins have, you know, they've, they've got their strategy, they're sticking to it. And what, you know, the fact they're in a strong division is, is irrelevant. And I think we will see some of those players start to come through, like your Monte Harrisons. And this is the, the question now as we move into other trades is about the, the fact there has been no big outfield signing. Now we'll talk about um, Yasiel Puig in a little bit later. But it does bring the question, so do we really need anyone in the outfield? We've still got Harold Ramirez in there as well, who everyone seems to sort of not be talking about. Um, it, you know, Brian Anderson can move out um, into the outfield as well. And there's, there's, you know, there's the question on Brinson. It looks like they are committing another season to Brinson as well. So there is those, those opportunities there. Now, it does, I, I agree there probably needs to be another outfield signing. But if we just link that into um, what also kind of uh, has, has sort of happened, because in regards to the outfield, um, one potential player, or actually or a potential experienced player, if we just talk about the experience to start with, is Matt Kemp. Now, if in sort of as a player, you know, everybody knows who Matt Kemp is. Of course, he's got his incredible history. Um, especially his time, you know, with the Dodgers. But are we signing someone who really is past it? Or is he someone who could really, really make that impact? Could we see the Matt Kemp of two years ago, Lee? Uh, yeah, I mean, there, there, there's a chance. Like I said, I, I, I looked at his numbers you know, just, just just before we did this, and they weren't as, as bad as I, you know, as I thought that they were. I'm saying two years. I mean, two years ago, he was he was really good. Still, I know he tailed off a bit after the All Star break. Then, so you don't know how long if if he can last a season still. But then, but then that's where you know all all our options you know your help in 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 like the outfield. So yeah, I, I think I mean if he if he gives us fifteen home runs, you know, you know round about there, a fifty RBI. You know, you know, I'll take that fourth out. You know. You, know, you can go like a fourth outfielder, and yeah, I, I, I think he's still got, still got, still got it in him to, to you know, to, to, to do it. It's a good point here, Dan. If if I just look back through the years that that, that Kemp uh, has played, of course, many most of those being with the Dodgers. But you go back, you know, uh, 2009, 26 home runs, 28 home runs. Then following year, then his two All Star years, which were 39 home runs, 23 home runs. Uh, and and then it, it was still 25 home runs, 23 home runs, 35 home runs. And as you said, as Lee just said, uh, in another All-Star season in 2018, where he's fantastic. Last year was an injury-prone season. Yeah. This does fit into the the whole thing about making the Marlins more exciting. If you think about VR, Agliar, Kemp, you've got a lot of pop from those bats. Yeah, yeah, absolutely, and also um, some much-needed experience as well because it's a young team, and um, you know from him, he obviously worked a long time with with Matt and Lee before as well. Um, so 
yeah, from, from, I, I'm I'm fully on board with it. I've got no problem with with this uh, extradition at all. It gives us some a bit more pop, as you said, a load of experience. And what's the worst that's going to happen if it doesn't work out? Well, that that was that, you know. But he could add, as you say, 15, 20 home runs to this team, and for a team that doesn't hit runs, that's um, that I, I'm I'm fully on board with it. I think it's a no-brainer. It's just a a low risk, um, good. You know, lot of, it, it become maybe the it'll be the Granderson of of last year, hopefully a bit better. <laughs> but um, yeah, I think that um, it, it's it's a good good one from my point of view. Yeah, I I it, as I said we'll it, we'll see probably, and we have seen a, a few more players sign now um, who are going to be looked at at spring training. I think spring training is going to be very interesting indeed. Um, I think we're going to be. We, we normally do quite well in spring training. Yeah. It's only it's only because a lot of other teams have so much strength and depth. They play everybody. Where yeah. we've got such a narrow narrow team, we're basically playing our first team against other you know other teams, sort of double A, single A sides. Yeah. And so we we come off the back because we did last year of a, a, a eleven game winning streak, thinking yeah we're we're going to win the World Series, and then lo and behold we lost. <laughs> <laughs> hundred plus games, so it's. Um, I think it will be different, and I think they'll give um, uh, a, a lot of. Uh, there's there's some players. I'll just name the some of the players that we have signed. Um, there's uh, a couple of uh, 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 pitchers in there for relief or potential uh, longer uh, relief in uh, or, or starting uh, down in Wichita, which is Aaron Northcraft, who is a very interesting player. He's got a kind of a sidearm action which uh, um sort of a bit austin brycey which is quite interesting i do like players with different actions a bit like uh, brad ziggler had um but he's not an under a, a submariner but he's, he's kind of got that weird action um uh, josh a smith um and and then some interesting we're talking about second base and uh, there's a couple of second basemen in gochi kato and christian lopez to watch out for as well and we'll We'll protect. We'll be talking about more of them, hopefully, in the spring training. Some interesting players there, with just in the same kind of mode when we picked up, um, uh, you know, uh, Harold Ramirez uh, and John Bertie. You know, players who have kind of slightly fallen off where they were in their previous clubs, and uh, can suddenly kind of, you know, really take their opportunity with us. Um, and a few catchers as well, uh, uh, Santiago Chavez, um, uh, Bijo Lopez and uh, Ryan Lavanway, who um, is an interesting one. He really looks like potentially the Brian Holiday replacement, um, uh, someone who has a little bit of experience um, in the past with Boston. Um, so that's kind of what's happened in regards to the minors. But there is uh, an interesting uh, uh, a couple of turn of events. One, the Rule 5 draft was quite quiet for the Marlins because um, rather than um, uh, in the past where we've, we've lost a player, and sometimes we've we, like, we, we, we gained uh, Alicia Hernandez, we've, we have sometimes had some quite interesting signings. Even Riley Farrell last year, although he didn't make it because of injuries, uh, we picked up Sterling Sharp. And uh, the interesting thing about Sterling Sharp is that he is someone who, not just like many Rule Fives, you're ending up picking up a single A, double A, they sit in your 40 man, and it's just a hope that you can then sort of develop them on for the, the future years. Um, he had nine starts in double A um, last season, um, but had a really high uh, uh, 
strikeout rate and a fairly lowish walk rate um, and is supposed to have a good slider and good sinker. He looks like a player who could probably slot straight into Wichita and potentially come up in the same way we kind of saw with players like Robert Duggar, etc., could come in potentially as a starter or a reliever. So they've really thought about this. This isn't a player they just stashed away. This is someone who could definitely be playing for the Marlins next year, especially when arms are getting tired later on in the season. So that that's an interesting uh, one. And the other one uh, we'll, we'll, we'll mention is Jimmy Garcia. And this is the one I really like the sound of. So uh, a relief picture uh, played in the Dodgers. Um, so Mattingly knows him from the, the Dodger days. Um, he is an interesting player on the basis that as a reliever, he has a, a very, very low walk rate. His walks per nine is two, which for a reliever is pretty good, um, but has a fairly high home run rate. <laughs> yes. um, so um, the, the, the the joke I put out on Twitter when they were talking about the number of home runs he gave up, and I said, well, the difference between, you know, I think someone compared him that he'd given up last season the same number of home runs as Wei Yin Chen had. But the difference with Wei Yin Chen, he'd probably given up three walks before there and given up a grand slam, whereas this... <laughs> Uh, at least if he is going to let one go, there's going to be no one else on base. Um, but yet again, someone who's got a, a good, interesting mix. And we've picked up a few relievers in the past who are like this. And, and what I'm kind of hoping is this type of player with a fit again, Drew Steckenrider, who I hope he really sort of you know, gets it on, can then sort of really kind of stabilise that kind of mid-range section we have in the bullpen. You know, if you've got a, a, an effective... Uh, Yumi Garcia not giving up any walks. Adam Conley just sorts his action out and then add it to a fit again Drew Steckenrider, then that could really take the pressure off your Stanex to actually be an effective closer. So there are some uh, interesting things there. Any comments on on the sort of smaller signings we've got there, Lee? Anything that, that catches your eye? Uh, well, I was saying, I, I think they're, they're, both, they're both solid signings. I was saying, I mean, our, our bullpen... Yeah, looks quite different now compared to, to that, how how we ended it. You know, Guerrero's gone. Or I think we was it uh, Keller today was the one the one who got taken off the forty man. Yeah, so he's gone. Chen's gone. So yeah, I'm in, I'm interested to see to, to to see how how it all shapes up. You know, in spring, you know, for for like the roles. We don't have a set closer. You'd think it's probably Stanek right now, but I mean, we saw that how, how that went went before. And then, then you've got, uh, you know, Rainier was kept, you know, you know, you know on, on his deal. So, you know, is he going to be a starter again or, or, or you know, closer or, or probably traded? As I know, they there was rumours that, that they did try. So, yeah, you know, then, you know, they're good signings. You know, again, solid, you know, they're solid signings for the, you know, you have a lot of the future pen. And and taking forward those points, Dan, especially when you think about someone like Adam Conley and how up and down he's been, are you surprised that 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 in regards to if you think someone like uh, Tyler Kinley went went to the Rockies, he was unprotected. He had a really good season last year, ate quite a few innings, was 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 you know very low in the number of runs he gave up, a low ERA. Um, Kyle Keller, who went to 
pitched in less innings, but spent more time in AAA last year. But to keep Conley again, someone who always looks sometimes, you know, you know when you've got a bases loaded situation, you stick Conley in there and you'll sort it out. There are times where you stick Conley in when there's, you know, we could be about, you know, seven or eight runs up and then he just blows up. Are you surprised they kept him? Only really, I'm not, but only because I'm, I don't really know where where we would go because it's 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 still a, a quite a re, uh, an area for concern that the bullpen probably the biggest reason for uh, concern I think at the moment. So I would say that Conley, I, I would have kept him just because I think that his 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 pros outweighed his cons a lot of, more often uh, last season. So I just think it's still something I'm quite interested to hear what you've just had to say about um, the new guys that have just come in because. Um, it, it is still a little bit concerning for me. There was the, the too many that underperformed in the bullpen last year, uh, which is a shame because we've got such a great starting rotation and we had a nice couple of pieces as well that were out of nowhere with Yamamoto, Duggar, etc. So, you know, from, from that side of it, and now we've added a bit more pop and a bit more power to the batting side, it's just now what happens with, with this bullpen. And um, I, I just, yeah, it's, it, it's good to see that we might have a couple of pieces that might be able to come up relatively soon from what you've just been saying there but it still concerns me a bit but I, I, I would have kept Conley so I'm quite pleased that he's still in. Yeah I am too because uh, I think he has massive potential I really think he could be a very very dangerous I think he could be a closer and with the fact that we haven't got Romo um, going to the Twins which is understandable though, and they've given him good money as well the actual options out there for a closer are getting a bit thin so yeah. you kind of hope that maybe this could be, be Conley's season um, so this brings us to the final bits and, and this is the the, the rumours really and, and it is about Yasiel Puig he seemed to be flirting with Twitter he's in Japan and it, it, Puig's a bit of a character. Now, when they when they first rumoured with him, I was a bit like, oh, I'm not so sure he's the right fit for the younger players. But he seems to have calmed down a bit. He does some good stuff off the field, um, you know. Um, so it, he could be a perfect fit, really. Um, someone exciting, bring the fans in, like you were saying earlier, Dan, to get the, the bums on seats, really build the excitement levels. That's putting the outfield, entertaining the fans. He keeps putting Miami in, in little tweets and things like this. And it's all a little bit quiet from the Marlins side. But you can tell, especially from Fish Stripes and what Craig Mish is saying and Joe Frasaro, there is definitely an interest from Miami there. What do we think about Puig uh, as a fit, Lee? <laughs> so as I think on the last pod, you know, I had him down as, as the player that... That, that, that like we would sign from sign from like the list the list we we had, so yeah, I think mean, it would be a good signing, but I wouldn't go too long on the contract. Is like the issue, you know, you know, how much do you give him for how long? Maybe only two years to see how how he goes. Like I said, I think he would bring the fans in, you know, which, which, which is is something we we need, and I mean yeah, he I think he would add. Add to the team team as well. I was saying, depending, you've got to see what what he's going to be like in the clubhouse. But hopefully, you'd think being in Miami that might suit you know, you know suit him as well. So yeah, if, if it was me, I'd I'd sign him still. But I'd say I'd only go two years max on on like the length, and then the money. Well, I, I think we've got some money still to use because the payroll is still quite small. So yeah, but it's it's just the length of of the deal for me that. 
that that would be an issue. What, what do you think, Dan? Do you think he's he's a, he's the right fit, building on what Lee's just said? Yeah, um, I, yeah, I totally agree. I think that um, he is. Um, I think he he does address another need that that we we're after. So I think the fit is right. I think that um, as you said, he is a bit of a character. So I think I think that Miami would be a great fit for him in that sense as well. I think that he would embrace it. So I think he could become a, a fan's favourite. So I'd, I'd be for it. But again, exactly like Lee just said there, I wouldn't go mad with it. I'd say, yeah, a couple of years, make sure the money's right. But I, I think it could be a little match made in heaven, that one. I think that, that that's um, that's a yes for me. It's an interesting thing you say, though, because you, you, as, as what you're seeing at the moment uh, with the Heat, and the Heat have big personality about them, even though they're younger players, they do have that, you know, the... the uh, within their team and you're right Miami does feed on that that the fans love big personality players um, and and that's what really really brings them in and you just think that I I remember the games uh, the game I went to especially in like when the the new stadium opened in 2012 big crowds they're really in for Stanton and they they'd signed quite a few players then and they you know they're really into it because there was a lot of character even though they weren't very good side and that was very different. So that is a, it's it's a good point that um, the early issue though is that Puig and Mattingly have history and it's not good history. So very very briefly, what happened was there was rumours of clashes within the clubhouse between Puig and Mattingly. Puig at the end of uh, I think it was the 2015 season. I think it was suddenly had loads of hamstring injuries. Uh, and then miraculously recovered near the end of the end of the year when it was sort of getting close to, um, you know, the the off uh, the postseason, and um, and there was then comments from Mattingly that he wasn't talking to him and all the rest of it. The now the the, the comments have then been back that maybe it wasn't as bad as it is. But do you think that that could possibly be it? in regards to that trade that Mattingly could veto it, saying, look, actually, he's not good for the clubhouse at all, Lee? Uh, like I, said, I mean, he could. Yeah, and I'm sure that Jesus would listen to you know, you know, to his, his views as well. But you'd, you'd like to think that if Mattingly thinks he will improve the team, that he will, will, he will put it to one side, you know, you know, you know, you know, you know let, let history be, be sort of gone. But, so, I mean, yeah... I'd, you know, I'd like to think that that you know, you know, that, like, you know it won't be an issue, you know, you know, you know, you know, for both. Yeah, I think, I think as well that it's a rumor that's have been going along for quite a while now. I mean, we were talking about it in the last pod, and that was the best yeah. part of a month ago. I think that if that was going to be an issue, that it would have been nipped in the bud straight away. And I think that you said, mm-hmm. look, I'm not, I'm not happy. Look, this, this isn't going to be a, this is a non-starter. But the rumours are still there and it's been going on for a few weeks. So I think that you'd like to think that that would mean that he hasn't got a problem with it. But who knows? Well, we'll we'll wait and see what happens over the, the next few weeks. It'll obviously it'll be a bit quiet over Christmas. And then uh, going when we get into January, we're really close to um, you know spring training. So there isn't going to be a massive amount of time. But at least this season has been quite nice that there's been some of the bigger trades that have happened. Uh, have happened now rather than waiting. All that, that nonsense we had with uh, Kimbrough and Keuchel uh, is, is not there. And, and you wouldn't have wanted sort of Garrett Cole sort of drifting off into March. It would have been a bit of a, a shame for the fans. 
Uh, and I tell you what, one of the good things about baseball is if you think of all the trades and uh, have happened, like Rendon moving, et cetera, uh, who knows who's going to win it that next year? We've got absolutely no idea. It's, it's a range of a good sort of 10, 15 teams um, could really uh, make a run at it. So it will be very, very interesting. Um, so just as a, to, to, to round this off, let's say we do get Puig. Do we need anything else or do we just let the youngsters play Lee? Uh, yeah I think if yeah if we got Puig I think I'd be be, be happy you know, like you know set with you know, with the roster maybe a starting pitcher but I wouldn't say it's that desperate because obviously we got a lot of young arms still you know, you know, still still to come up but maybe a veteran but I, I wouldn't say it's needed all that much. So yeah, I think if if we got 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 Puig, then yeah, it's it's a set team for me. Dan, do you think the same? I think start. I think this is 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 pretty known that we're not going to get any other starting pitchers. Mm-hmm. I think uh, is it, we've got a, a fairly set rotation there. Catcher's an interesting one. Do you think we really need a backup catcher? With that? Well. Yeah, but possibly. Um, yeah, it might be something that we might need to look at because if our father goes down for a long time, um, yeah, we've got no holiday now. He's gone, hasn't he? Yeah, so it just leaves you with Chad Wallach if he's yeah, fit. Yeah, so it, it might be something that might need addressing. So, yeah, but apart from that, no, I, like they just said, I echo what he just said there. I think it's a pretty settled team. I'd be happy if uh, if it's per week and then we finish. But, yeah, if if not, then it might be a, uh, something for concerns to just have a look at the catching position. So that rounds up where we are at the moment. But in more exciting things, um, next season, some of us will actually be going across the pond and um, (laughs) representing uh, the UK Marlins fans. And uh, and I understand that both of you have got uh, plans to um, to go across. So uh, what are you looking forward to and. and I think we're going to start with yourself, Dan, because especially around the the interesting merch with with Nike's um, uh, involvement now, um, I'll let you have your opinion and uh, and talk about your plans. Yeah, um, yeah, quite. I, I, it's it's very vibrant, as you'd expect from uh, from Miami. I like it. It's um it's a bit out there, probably a bit too out there for me. But um, I like it. It's very. Uh, I just love that. I think that blue needs to be more introduced next year. So um, yeah, I think that. I think you said it quite a while ago, Rob. That um, they need to just bin the grey because grey is not Miami. You know yeah. that they should. But the, the blue is absolutely popping electric, and that's what is one of the most vibrant colours in the city. So I hope to see a lot more of the blue. But yeah, the merch is spot on as always, and uh, yeah, probably looking forward to uh, to opening day next year. Um, hopefully. Um, yeah, a few strings can be uh, pulled from uh, Pete's contacts and so we can do for <laughs> Yeah, really, really pleased to be uh, yeah, looking into uh, to Marlins Park and that'd be, uh, that'd be a great experience. Yeah, I'll, I'll hopefully you you, uh, yeah, you get to, to meet a few people uh, and Glenn Geffner as well. Um, so, yeah. Yeah, so uh, that, would, that would be fantastic. Um, and uh, uh, Lee, you got plans to go across? Yeah, like Sam. I mean, for those that don't, that don't know, you know, I'm a big wrestling fan. So, you know, I, I'm going to, to WrestleMania in Tampa in April next year. And then hopefully if we have time, well, yeah, I, I try and plan for time. 
we we will then shoot down shoot down to Miami, you know, you know, and squeeze in the game or or two, hopefully. You know, like, like I say, it'd be it'd be, be you know exciting to see the stadium because I've only ever been to New York, you know, you know, you know to see to see games. So yeah, we, yeah, it'd be good. This you know, it's exciting times. Yeah, so it it's, it is exciting times. It's exciting times for the Marlins, and it's exciting that uh, us as 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 panelists on on Fish Across the Pond can can get over and, and for all the hard work we put into the podcast, you can actually sort of then actually be there and live it and uh, and get really involved. So uh, it sounds really good. Unfortunately, the only person who probably isn't going is myself, uh, <laughs> and that's why I need to ask you both probably to buy baby grows and and to. Uh, as, uh, and sort of baby clothes uh, with the uh, Marlins logo on it as uh, as uh, 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 we are due a, ba- a baby in March actually could be due on opening day uh, which could be there we go so um, consider it done uh, yeah um, and uh, and I understand Pete will be across there as well so um, I think that wraps it up unless there's anything else guys you've got oh, yeah. sounds covered yep so I wish all our listeners a very, very Merry Christmas. And thank you so much for listening to us all the way through this year. Uh, we really appreciate it. Um, of course, we don't have the expertise of the, or Craig Mish or the Fish Stripe guys out there in, in Miami themselves. But um, as fans uh, across in the UK and being a bit distant from where everything goes on, I hope that's kind of helped uh, you as listeners to uh, to get more involved in the Marlins and have a, have a better understanding. Um We'll be back in the new year uh, with the excitement of a new season and spring training. And uh, we will see you then. So thank you very much and a Merry Christmas and a Happy New Year.